Hey, friends, we have a special guest today. Yeah, we do. Cindy Robinson. From the Kid Factory. Yeah, she's a super intelligent, well-rounded woman, mother, educator, psychologist. And she's going to talk to us about... Tech. Technology. Welcome to our Tech Talk. (laughs) Part one. (laughs) Part one. How to better and more effectively... Uh, use our screens for kids. Yeah. So let's get started. Hey, friends. Welcome to the She Sounds Like Me podcast. We're your hosts, Rachel Leigh Hoffman. And I'm Sila Grace Hoffman. We're a mama-daughter duo that works together, plays together, and tries to figure out this crazy world together. (laughs) Yeah, Mom. And we're super grateful you could join us today. This is the She Sounds Like Me podcast. She sounds like me. 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 Welcome to the She Sounds Like Me podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up, Mom. Before we get this party started, we gotta let them know the goods first. Friends, if you like what you hear, subscribe to this podcast on your chosen platform. Give us a five-star review or join our conversation online at She Sounds Like Me on the socials and at SheSoundsLikeMe.com. Okay, Mom, now let's get to it. (laughs) Let's get to it. All right, Sila, here we go. Hey, everybody. We are here today with a very special guest. Cindy Robinson. From the Kid Factory. Cindy Robinson. She's a certified parent coach and founder of the Kid Factory, a community project aimed at making cutting-edge mental health resources accessible to as many families as possible. And she's been an excellent resource to us. So we thought, what better person to bring on the show and have conversations with technology? Yeah. Cindy Robinson, how are you? I'm good. I'm surviving. How are you? We're super good. We're surviving. (laughs) (laughs) Thriving and surviving. That's a great way to put things these days. We're all surviving, aren't Mm -hmm. we? (laughs) Well, Cindy, you have so many incredible resources for parents. Um, You've got play experiences when non-COVID times are happening. You're incredibly crafty. In fact, uh, following you on Instagram was the inspiration for one of Sila's most prized and appreciated gifts this year. Potions! <laughs> Potion making, yes. And it's, you've started a new obsession in our house. I don't even know if you know that. No. Potion making is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so Cindy had this great idea on her Instagram account to create a, like a Harry Potter esque potion kit for one of her for for her kid, and we Mama made one for me, and now I have an entire closet dedicated to that to potions. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I don't have a potion closet. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Cindy. <laughs> we so appreciate it. You're quite welcome. <laughs> My mom. My mom really doesn't like it sometimes. <laughs> I, I don't hear any sarcasm at all in her voice. No, none <laughs> at all. 
It's, uh, it's actually totally brilliant, the creative stuff that you are able to crank out. And we're big fans of yours. So thank you. Thank you for, like, for putting that out there. Like just the other day, I made gillyweed out of Play-Doh in a jar. That's yeah. so awesome. <laughs> we'll have to take a picture and send you or post it up on social so our friends listening can check it out too. And then, of course, you. point to your stuff because you do. You offer a lot of creative solutions for homeschooling, for hands-on STEM and steam play and then just incredible resources for parents as well. And so that's one of the things we're talking about today is something that you created a cell phone contract for proper use of technology with our kids. And while no matter how much Sila begs for a cell phone at eight years old, we're not quite there yet. But I have a super, super good iPad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you, you do. That's good enough. I mean, well, no. and truly, iPads can do just about as much as the cell phone can these mm-hmm. days. And we don't have self-service connected to it, but Wi-Fi still gives us a whole lot of possibilities. Mm-hmm. And with possibilities and exploration in the digital space with technology and kids, there is risk. Mm-hmm. There's some some stuff to consider, some safety Mm-hmm. That we need to talk about. And I think as parents and, and kids, we need to have um, an understanding of how to properly use these pieces of technology in a way that's appropriate, mm-hmm. safe, and fair. Yeah, I agree. So, Cindy, tell us about how your cell phone contract came to be and how you applied that. Um, because you are, you have a PDF, I believe, for it, or like the actual contract. And then you have an awesome YouTube video that explains that. We'll definitely drop that in the show notes. But talk to us about that and how you came to uh, to think of such an awesome resource. Um, absolutely. So it began with, you know, my journey through the Kid Factory is to fi- figure out why our children are in the midst of a mental health crisis. Um, over the last decade, things like anxiety and depression for kids and teens have risen about 56%. So that is a pretty staggering number. Wow. And rather than get defeated by it, I just set out to figure out why and what can we actually do about it. And so when you do start to explore sort of what's happening, what's happening to modern childhood, you know, that that's sort of upsetting a good majority of our kids. And you can't go down that rabbit hole without running into technology. It's not the cause, certainly not the sole cause, but it plays a role. Sure. So it became important that I inform myself on um, the world of technology for kids and teens. And as part of that, realizing um, all the ways that it can be used in a beautiful way and also the ways that it can kind of get a little dangerous and a little tricky for kids. So the contract just came out of the information I gathered that helps parents make commitments around technology as well as the kids um, in a way that actually addresses all of the main issues with technology. It's not all bad. I'm not like an anti-tech mom. But I do think that we have to encourage our kids to use it for good. And then the ways that it can be dangerous for them, make sure that we're kind of there to help mitigate that. Yeah. And I love how you um, really show both sides as setting an example. Yes. Which is something that we have a hard time here navigating uh, for sure. And we definitely have some questions about that. The other thing is, is I think that so much of the conversation uh, is mostly around cell phones and technology as as the T 
teen or tween years, but we're often overlooking where it starts. And it starts with the first device that they have. So really speaking specifically in this conversation about your age, Sila. My and how that applies and affects you, right? Mm-hmm. So you use an iPad for school, Sila? Um, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a computer too, or is the iPad enough to get your schoolwork? It's iPad slash computer. Oh, okay. It's an iPad built into a computer case. So, oh, so you can flip it around in like the keyboard. Yeah. Okay. The keyboard. Sila, would you say you? You're, I don't want to say hooked, but you really love being on your iPad. Mm-hmm. Why do you love it? I honestly have no idea. Hmm. That's interesting in itself. <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you like to do on your iPad? Zone. We call it zoning in this house, which is kind of the crux of the problem there, Cindy. <laughs> I'm sure you would agree. Okay, but speak specifically about that, Sila. Like, what what types of things do you like to do on the iPad? Okay, so my dad has games on his phone that we play all the time together, and I eventually got to like those games. So now I like those games, and they're on my iPad. Then I found zoning, which is like watching TV on your iPad which is YouTube. YouTube. Basically. Mm-hmm. Right. And you like to watch crafting videos and Lego build videos. and Little so. clips of shows that I can't actually find on my actual TV. Mm-hmm. So. And then there's some games that are educational at Osmo. Monster math. Math games. Duolingo. You're learning Spanish. Mm-hmm. Can you speak about those a little bit? So, like, my math games are, like, math educational and so it was Osmo and Duolingo because they're educational and some games are just like pointless games yeah just kind of mindless <laughs> yes even <laughs> right. though I still right. absolutely love them. right well <laughs> that's it's hard okay. too because as a hybrid homeschool she's often left to her device to research um, different topics or have to check in with her teacher and there's zoom calls and there's um, you even take some of your classes online and you take um, some of your coaching, like your voice lessons and ukulele lessons through Zoom. So mm-hmm. oftentimes, you know, as a working mom, she's left to her own devices, quite mm-hmm. literally. Sure. And um, with that comes some free range. And so um, I think just trying to be ahead of that without knowing the information that you provided, we put some some screen limits and time limits and tracking. Yep, on your device. And we had some conversations of it ab- about it together, and I think we had a pretty good understanding. But your contract really brought to life some things that were that we hadn't thought of, mm-hmm. right? So let's ask Cindy some questions about um, how that starts to play out in the household. Sila, so. you've got a couple of really good ones. I'm going to let you one you lay this one out there from the kid's perspective. Sneaky, sneaky mom. <laughs> How do habits of our parents being attached to their smartphones form or model for me or the kids, me, appropriate or inappropriate behavior? That's a very good question. And in fact, um, 
you're right. Modeling is where we start when we talk to families about healthy tech use for their kids. Um, and if you follow um, Protect Young Eyes is a wonderful organization to help parents with that. I think it's protectyoungeyes.org or .com. I always forget, but if you Google Protect Young Eyes, you'll find it. That's a wonderful resource for families to to take that on. But modeling is number one. So um, if you're wondering if your parents should follow pretty much all of the rules that you have, the answer is yes. Um, yeah. you know, That's a they hard should. pill to swallow, too. <laughs> yeah. It is. You're it literally is. attached to your vice all day. Yeah. <laughs> well, and people, I mean, to, to not shame anyone, kids or adults, people are paid millions of dollars to their whole job is to make you want to use your device all day, every day. So you're really being manipulated in a way that um, is not really your fault. These things are designed for you to be on them because the more you're on them, the more money a lot of people make. So it's supposed to be addictive for all of us. It's a challenge for all of us. But I think that it is important that we can't tell our children one thing and do another, just like with everything else. That's how parenting goes. And so, yeah, you're right, Sila. It starts with modeling and your parents should do the things that they would like you to do. So it's perfectly okay for you to say, hey, if you want me to put this away at night, are you going to put yours away at night? Or if you yes. don't want me to have this out at the dinner table or at a restaurant, does that mean that you're not going to look at your phone while we're at the restaurant? That is okay to say. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Um, I, like, I- <laughs> sometimes... I feel like I'm not allowed to say that. I'm going to get in trouble. What? <laughs> yeah, and 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 but but we do have an open and honest conversation about this often. It does get tricky because uh as you all know, Cindy as a as an entrepreneur or when you run your own business or even just these days when you're a working mom or a working parent and you've got to keep your one eye on work and one eye on your kid because we're all in such an upside down world right now that it's hard to multitask and do that well, but yet still create boundaries and and be present with the device around when we're still with our kids and when they need our attention. And they are the most important thing for sure. But it is, it's habit forming. And I like and appreciate that you said, you know, there's no shame in that. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, sigh. <laughs> Who's, who does, you know, vocalize that I am on my phone a lot. And it's a, it's a real habit that I, I'm working on trying to break. In fact, you already touched on it. Screen use in the bedroom, right? Yeah. Uh, you talk about why that's, well, well, tell us really why it's, it's harmful for kids at night to have devices in the bedroom for, and for really for all of us, because that's something we're working on as a family next. Yeah. I mean, it is dangerous for all of us. Um, those, us adults who have fully formed and developed brains, we at least can make a little more rational decisions about how we use our tech at night, hopefully, not always, but, um, but it's still not great for us. But then with kids in particular, um, because they're at the age where information consumption is at an all-time high, they're actually learning more rapidly and are able to absorb information. And they're learning about how the world works and all these exciting things are happening. And their brain is really taking and creating patterns for the first time that will last the rest of their lives. It's a very exciting time for their brains. Um, 
But because of that, we want to make sure that the content that they are taking in and creating patterns with is healthy content. And unfortunately, just any type of isolated situation. Um, and night is particularly bad because not only are they isolated and so they kind of have, you know, no holds barred access to the content on the internet, but also sleep is so important. Again, the brain is growing. And when is it doing its most growth and putting everything that they learn that day where it belongs is when they sleep. And yeah. so when you have a device in your room, you're probably not going to be sleeping as much. And if you're not sleeping as much, your brain isn't getting the chance to process all the information that it's taking in. Yeah. Um, I think I heard yeah. once that you're, when you're, you know, looking at your phone at night, your brain is really turbocharged for all the content it's trying to consume and the light. And then that really helps. It, it prevents your brain from shutting down and getting into like a deep sleep efficiently. Mm -hmm. That's right. Playing a dirty little trick on your brain for sure. <laughs> well, but it's it's not healthy for you. You know, your young mind is really what Cindy's saying. Your young mind is so much more is, is in the developmental stage, and so it's really important that you shut down your brain efficiently. Which is why we try to limit that TV time or screen time right before bed. You're actually supposed to shut off your device an hour before you sleep. Is that what you heard? Mm -hmm. You okay. can't. You you're not supposed to look on your device or check your device or look at bright lights an hour before you sleep. Cindy, the expert, is there any? <laughs> She's is there not reason wrong. I'd say at least thirty minutes. At least okay. give yourself thirty minutes. An hour is what's recommended. You know, just like there are lots of wonderful recommendations that feel unattainable to a lot of people. So I shorten that to thirty minutes because you're still going to get the majority of the benefits of doing something else before you prepare for bed. Um, my, my preference is reading. Um, but whatever it is that you're doing, yeah, if it's screen free, even if you can just do 30 minutes, you're going to see a lot of benefits. Awesome. That's really helpful. So what is a, an appropriate screen limit time per day or per week for kids around Sila's age? I actually don't have any set numbers because Every family varies. So um, particularly during the pandemic, I'm not going to show up in the midst of a pandemic and tell parents, <clears throat> here's how much your child should be on screens and make everyone feel horrible. So for me, it's not so much about the, um, the number of how many hours as it is what is that time taking away from and trying to find a balance? So a good idea, especially right now, can be a third, a third, a third. So maybe a third of their time is screen related for school because right now a lot of it is or learning. They could be watching a documentary or some sort of educational consumption. Um, a third could be, you know, playing those mindless games, zoning, as you call it. Um, and then a third should be real life. You know, going outside and playing, baking in the kitchen, um, making crafts, doing art, whatever it is that you're doing. So I think if you're keeping all of that stuff balanced, which just means, you know, having your indulgent screen time, using screens in a way that is learning and healthy, and then not being on screens, I think you're going to be okay if that's sort of the balance you're looking for. Mm. That sounds fair. 
Yes. All right. Well, Cindy, that's super helpful because I think parents have probably seen many, you know, thought leaders in tech and parenting spaces, you know, preach a certain number of hours. And somewhere along the line, I have decided that, oh, you know, this is is bad. And it's, it's back to that shaming thing when really, I think having some grace and some flexibility, especially right now, like you mentioned, is key for all of us. Um, we talked about in our family of about having like 30 minute tickets. Yeah, like tickets where we would have six hours a week and each ticket would have a certain number of minutes, like 15, 20, 10, 30 minutes on them. But the, but all those tickets added up to six hours a week. So I would use one of those tickets every time I really wanted to zone. And once they were gone, they were gone. And I wouldn't get them back until the next week. Yeah, like and set like a timer, which is a, just another way for her to kind of manually um, see or physically see the time and how we're using it and eating it because we have those permissions set on the device or certain like restrictions on on apps and certain certain apps are different than others where there's a maximum usage a week, but it's hard for her to see or like. Um, understand how that is going to be used. And we thought like maybe tickets that she could redeem would be a helpful way for her to monetize her time and and trade it out um, when it was fair and appropriate. We haven't put that into play yet, but just trying to explore different ways to use this in a healthy way. So I really appreciate your feedback in, in that way. Yeah, I, th- I think it's honestly great. Whatever your family comes up with, the fact that you're just making this a conversation in your home and this is a priority to you, um, you can find on Pinterest and everywhere a million different ways of managing how it looks for your family. Some kids are going to be more addicted and have a little bit bigger struggle. But I think the goal right now, I just don't want to be the one who comes in and gives a really overwhelming task for some families uh, of managing. It's just if they could be paying attention to it and at least have some sort of healthy balance, then they're doing their job. Um, but how that manifests, what that looks like is totally up to each family. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Thank you. Wow. I really learned so much already. I know. Cindy Robinson, she knows what's up, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> I especially like the part where nobody is going to be shamed for their use, but we can all do what works for us, especially in these times as far mm-hmm. as screen time and and being gentle on each other about it. Definitely. I'm sure you like the sound of that. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. So? Join us next time on part two of Tech Talk with Cindy Robinson. I can't wait to continue this conversation. I wonder where it'll go next. (laughs) Totally. So join us next week on another episode of She Sounds Like Me. And be sure to check out the show notes for helpful links that Cindy mentions in our conversation. And to follow us along on social media or on our website. And to send us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you some listener responses about how you're enjoying the show. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. And have an awesome day. Have an awesome day. See you next time. 
All right, before we head out, a quick shout out to the awesome friends that lent their voices to our vision at the top of each episode. She Sounds Like Me is produced by Creative Catalyst Media, LLC. And as always, if you like what you hear, subscribe to our tribe online at shesoundslikeme.com and find us on social at She Sounds Like Me so we can connect directly to you. Thank you so much for your support, friends. Till next time, take care of yourselves and each other. And have an awesome day. Yep, and have an awesome day.